Everyone once believed in the devil, a horrible red demon with pointy horns, a long tail, and a pitchfork in his hands. This fanciful creature was invented by superstitious religious fanatics in the dark ages. Most people today no longer believe in this foolish devil myth. Many today have accepted the original version that was taught by the prophets of the ancient scriptures. This is about a beautiful, super intelligent, powerful spirit being who eons ago became the enemy of God and the implacable foe of human beings. His name is Satan and he is alive and well on planet Earth. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about Satan or Satan, the mastermind of evil. Now I want you to take your Bibles and turn over here to Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. We're talking about how sin came into this planet, into the human race. Verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. When Adam and Eve gave in to uh, Satan, or Lucifer, or Satan, or the serpent, the Bible says they opened up the doors. And a tsunami of, of sin, lawlessness, and death came into the world. And the reason that we have so much suffering in the world today is because of the perversion of the gift of choice. Why is there suffering? Let me talk about this just for a bit. Some suffering is caused by our own choices. We're to blame for some of our own suffering. If a person smokes, don't blame God if you get lung cancer. Cause and effect. Drunkenness, don't blame God if you're driving and you have an accident. Drunkenness causes divorces, diseases, car accidents, crimes, especially rape, and a premature death. So here you've got the law of cause and effect. And we should not be looking at God or even the devil and saying, you know, devil made me do it. But most suffering is the result of the bad choice of Adam and Eve. And Adam was the representative of the human race. And that's why the innocent suffer. That's why little babies die of cancer. That's why millions of innocent people get caught up in, in awful wars. And then you have the, finally the anguish of death. It's because of the choice of Adam and Eve. Now people have asked this question, and it's a good question. Why didn't God make Satan, Adam and Eve, so they couldn't sin? Then we wouldn't have any problems. Well, let's be perfectly plain on this, my friends. God could have made us so we didn't sin. He could have. But God is not a tyrant. You see... Uh, do you want to be married to a robot? Before you can, you can have the capacity of love, you've got to have the capacity of freedom of choice. And so God made us with this awesome capacity of choice. Okay, is Satan the leader of an army of demons or fallen angels? Now the demons are the fallen angels. Now, in the Bible, there's a story of a man who was possessed by many demons. And Jesus cast out the demons, and they entered a herd of swine. You can read this in Luke chapter 8, verse 27 and 30. Look at the words. When he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons. Hey, it got demons aside for a long time. 
and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion. Hey, at least a thousand. Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. And so Jesus let them go into a herd of pigs, which is where they belonged, I guess. But here is a, a clear case study in the Bible where you've got a person who's got demons. Now, do I believe in demons? Yes, I do. The manifestation of demons is in its raw form most prevalent in third world countries that are pagan countries. But it can happen in first world countries like Australia. Dr. John Hammond and I were invited to go to a place one day in the, in the city of Woi Woi, just north of Sydney. And there was a woman who was... Now, folks, th this was scary because when I walked into that place, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Same with John Hammond. This was a woman who had been consulting evil spirits. Don't play with the devil. Don't go to seances. If you go to a seance, you are going on the devil's ground and the devil can get you. Now, this woman had got tied up in spiritism, all those things, and she asked us to come because you can believe this or not. When she got into bed at night, she said, a being got into bed with her. It's called incubus. And she said the curtain rods from the living room would come off and sail around the place and chase her and the kids. And the little kids were there and they were terrified. We prayed for her. We struggled with her most of the night. Don't go to a seance. Don't watch a television program that talks about consulting the dead. It's beyond dangerous. What is Satan's agenda? Now, he's a mighty general and he has an agenda. Number one, to deceive and to tell lies. He is called the father of liars. Please turn to John chapter 8, verse 44. John chapter 8, verse 44. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. The Bible tells us that Satan is a liar. Years ago, when the evil empire, as Ronald Reagan rightly called the old Soviet Union, he was right. When they were having one of their big meetings at the Kremlin, had their committee meeting, and they had a, a new member of the committee. He was from out in Siberia. He had a little bit of decency left in him. And the Kremlin leaders were proposing to tell the Russian people all these lies, all this propaganda. This young guy got up and he said, Brother Comrade, excuse me, but this is not the truth. I'm told there was a stunned silence. And then they started to laugh. They laughed, big, deep, 
belly laughs. They laughed and they laughed. They fell off their chairs. He's saying, we're telling lies, comrades. Then the chairman got up after several minutes of uncontrolled laughter because they were so red in the face. He said, brother, comrade, let me tell you something. Whatever we say, what we say is the truth, is the truth. It becomes the truth. And if you do not understand that, comrade, soon you'll be way on your way to Siberia. What we say is the truth. That's why Reagan called it the evil empire based on lies. Listen to this. Lying is the most deadly of sins. A consistent and persistent liar is almost irredeemable. It is the most hopeless of sins because a liar will come to the place where he believes his lies. That's how they can fool lie detector tests. A liar. Lies destroy marriages, families, churches and nations. Woe to that nation whose leaders are liars. Hear what I'm saying? People say today, what does it matter? He tells a few lies. Oh, we all tell lies. No, we don't. A liar is a bad person. You know why I know that? Because Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. If you're a liar, don't expect to be saved because you won't be unless you repent and are born again. No liars will go to to heaven. The last great deception is a big, big lie. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 to 12. 2 Thessalonians 2. And then the lawless one, the lawless one against the law will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The last great deception is the big lie when Antichrist will counterfeit the coming of Christ. People will say, Christ has come. A big lie. One of the biggest sins of our age is the sin of talking to the dead. Like King Saul went to talk to the witch of Endor. You know the story. Satan was behind it and he goes to talk to the witch of Endor and she brings up this creature. That is pretending to be Samuel, the prophet. If you are going to a sea ants and you think you're talking to your loved ones, you are believing the lie. That is not your loved one. It is an impersonating demon. Hey. He divides, deceives, divides. He divided heaven. He set one person against another. He's a slanderer, the accuser. What's happening today in America? 
Americans are fighting each other. Revelation 12, verses 9 and 10. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. He's alive and well on planet earth. He's the divider and the liar. No person who loves his country or his church or his family will indulge in the sin of slander or name-calling. You are of your father the devil, Jesus said. Politics around the world, does it, including politics in Washington, D.C. You know it's true. He discourages. He leads a soul into sin and then says, you're hopeless, I've got you. It is the glory of Christ to save the tempted and the fallen. It's the glory of God to save the brand plucked out of the burning. Mary Magdalene, the Bible says, had seven demons. The town prostitute. But she, her case was not hopeless. She was saved by Christ. Became one of the chief of the saints. He demoralizes. Now the word demoralize has got several meanings. It can mean to lower the morale. It can mean also to corrupt or undermine the morals of. I refer to the latter. Satan's war is against God's law. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day, the day of Christ's return, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin, the lawless man, is revealed. The son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. He goes to church. Hey, he goes to church. The devil goes to church. <laughs> He's the great deceiver. The man of lawlessness. He makes war against the law of marriage. He says marriage in the Bible doesn't count. The law of the Sabbath, the law of the Ten Commandments, the law of love to God and man. Karl Barth said these words. He said, when the holy day becomes the day of man, society and humanity wither away and the demons rule. When people give up the holy day of God, as America has done, and every other so-called Christian nation around the world, you know what happens? The demons rule. And they're ruling now. Remember what happened to the Roman Empire? It was destroyed from within. It rotted from within. And the same will happen to us unless we repent. He devastates with disasters, with plagues, pestilences, wars and famines. 
Revelation 11, verse 18. Revelation 11, 18. The nations were angry. They are now. Annual wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged. That's the last days. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Jesus will come when people, the nations, are destroying the earth and they're doing it now. I listened to a sermon preached by Pastor Charles Stanley when he said, here in America, we've been blessed with the protection of God. His hand has been over us. That's why we haven't been destroyed. But he said, as we turn from God and his commandments, God doesn't send the disasters. He withdraws his hand of protection. And then, my friend, the demons rule. When did you last read your Bible? When did you last, my friend, go to church? When did you last study the scriptures? Remember, the devil is out to get you. The Bible says it. But the good news is this. We have a saviour. We have a champion. We have a David who slew Goliath and our David slew Goliath on the cross. And when he died for our sins, he defeated the devil. Look at Genesis 3 verse 15. Genesis 3 15. I will put enmity between you, the serpent, and the woman, and between your seed, her seed. He shall bruise your head. Christ is going to crush him. You shall bruise his heel. The serpent bruised his heel on the cross. But Christ is going to crush the serpent under his feet. And it's going to be a deadly wound. We have a strong man who binds the adversary. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 20 to 22. Luke 11, verse 20 to 22. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armour in which he trusted and divides his spoils. The strong man is Satan. But the Bible says there's a stronger man. And if you're troubled with evil spirits, stop going to the sea ants. Stop playing with spiritism. Read your Bible and cry out for the strong man. Now look at Luke chapter 8, 22 and 23. Luke 8, 22 and 23. Now it happened. I'd like you folks to see the text. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. He said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filled with water and they were in jeopardy. So out on the lake, Jesus is there. The Bible tells us Jesus went to sleep. He didn't care about those things. He never worried. He trusted in his father. 
but there comes a, a storm out of hell and it looks like they're going to drown. And if you look at verse 24 and 25, they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. I had to wake him up. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? They were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Listen, look at me. Jesus Christ is Lord over the elements. He's Lord over the wind. He's Lord over the water. He's Lord over our problems. He's Lord over the demons. And he is Lord over Satan. He is the stronger man who comes, you see. Uh, my friend, thank God we have this good news. Then the next verse, I believe, Luke 8, 27 and 28. We're going to take them in sequence. When he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons. You don't believe in it? You better now. Demons for a long time. Wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, said with a loud voice, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torment me. This is the devil talking from him, talking through him. He's a man who's got demons. So don't doubt it. Verses 29 and 30, 29 and 30. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. You don't believe it? Better believe it now. It had often seized him. He was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. He broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? What is your name? Look at the next verse, verse 31 to 33. What is your name? And he said, legion, because many demons had entered him. Amazing. Many demons. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to go into the swine. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man. Hallelujah. Went into the swine. The herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake. And they all got drowned. What is this telling you? Believe, my friend, in the God who believes in you and believe in the Scriptures. People say, oh, I can't believe. Of course you can believe it. Oh, I can't believe in dark matter. I can't believe in dark. Well, get with it. Every scientist believes it. We're talking about stuff that is more real than your fingers and your nose. Supernatural beings led by a great master general. His name is Satan, Satan, Beelzebub, the devil. Verse 35, verse 35 says, Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. They really just astounded, amazed. 
What is God trying to get through into my slow mind? That we're in the midst of a cosmic battle that started eons ago. That there is evil in the world. And it's using millions of people and leaders. Maybe you're caught up in it. But the good news is this that Jesus on the cross beat the devil and he's Lord over all and even if you have demon problems, Jesus can save you. If you take Jesus into your heart, Jesus will save your soul. Why don't you do it now? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I've been a sinner. I've been a liar. I've been dabbling in spiritism. I've turned from God. I've done all these wicked things. Now Jesus come into my heart. And when the big God comes in, I tell you, all the little gods run for cover. Here it is. One day soon, Satan and his host of evil angels will be destroyed forever. They'll be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. That's hell with all who follow them, all liars. Satan is not in charge of hell, but is going to hell. He will be destroyed forever in hell. He is not immortal. And finally, hallelujah, there will be a new heaven and a new earth for new people. And Christ and his people will reign forever and ever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to God. Listen, listen. Believe in the Christ who died for you. Read his word and say today, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Amen and amen. There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime, your relationship to Christ. And then if you have a right relationship with Christ, you want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land, to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the the vast, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines. Been there before, but by the grace of God, we're going back. Please support us. Please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. You say, how do you do it? Who, Who pays the bills? We do. Do you get any help, financial help? from the church. No, my friend, we don't. But we get a lot of help from God and from his children. Please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. Do your best for the gospel. 
And uh, in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, every dime, every dollar is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.